see, that's what I was talking about on yesterday's show. That's going against a quality opponent and shutting them down in every conceivable way and coming away with an outcome that creates real momentum. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning. I'm Dayan Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports, and this is Daily Shot of Penguins. It comes your way bright and early every weekday if you're into football and or baseball. I also happen to offer daily shots of Steelers and Pirates that uh, you can find in the same place that you found this one. Penguins 2, Ducks 0. Anaheim had won six in a row, five of those by way of third period comeback. And what your favorite hockey team did out there on the wrong coast was to score an early goal, continue to find some equilibrium offensively, work efficiently through all three zones, and then in the third period, just after Tristan Jari had gotten hurt late in the second and Magnus Helberg came along, they put their minds to playing really, really, really hard and making things equally hard on the Ducks, on the fast, fun, young Ducks. The Penguins beat them at the game that they need to be playing. This is what Mike Sullivan had to say to reporters in Anaheim afterward. What I loved about our third period was I, I just thought we competed hard. I thought we defended well. Um, you know, we had numbers back. We were above the puck. We made good decisions with the puck in the critical areas of the rink, and we dug in. You know, and, and it's uh, I think it's a it's a, a good win for our team in a, in a low scoring game like that uh, to to be able to close it out against a team that's beat a lot of good teams lately. Radim Zahorn has scored uh, the only. Goal that stood up for almost all of the game. Uh, Sidney Crosby scored a breathtaking empty netter as only he can, backhanding it, lofting it into the air from center ice. That was, that was something. Jari stopped all 17 of his shots before uh, getting bumped by Adam Henrique in the crease and losing his mask momentarily and getting a cut on his eyebrows. Really, really kind of hard to tell what's wrong with him. And Sullivan did not have an update on that afterward. Maybe we'll find out more about that today. And then Helberg finished it all off by stopping all 15 shots that he saw. And I don't mean to take anything away from the goaltending because it was good from both guys. And I'm definitely not taking anything away from Zahorna, who scored a really nice, smart goal, bank shot off John Gibson. But this was defined by what you want this team to be defined by, and that's that they defended well. And for those of you who aren't new to the program, I'm going to apologize right here and right now because I've only been saying this for months. In watching this roster get constructed by Kyle Dubas and watching in particular the emphasis that Dubas and by extension Sullivan put on the bottom six being defense first. This is how it needed to go. You had to count on your top six forwards to do what they do, and they've done that for the most part. 
you absolutely have to rely on a power play, which eh, <laughs> work in progress still. And you had to rely on the defensive core, especially the, the depth guys, taking care of their own end en route to getting the puck up to the forwards. This is beginning to happen. As I mentioned yesterday, no, as I really, really beat to death yesterday, you can throw the San Jose game out unless the Anaheim game builds off of it. And it did. And that's to the credit of everybody on that trip. Look, the toughest game of this trip was always going to be the last one for a whole bunch of reasons. That's usually my experience covering these things when the fatigue truly sets in like all right man we're all the way out here and starting to get sick of this and got one more game we can go home and it ends up being a dud but on top of that they're playing the kings who are very good and some of you will recall and and i do from being out there last year for it the kings just annihilated the penguins in that trip finale but you know what You've gone from three and six to being five and six. And I think even more important, although you certainly do need results to go your way when you're three and six, they're starting to look a little more like what you'd want them to. Instead of just having that Colorado game or just having that Washington game early on to say, oh, yeah, look, well, when we play like this, it works out really well. Start understanding everybody from the stars on down that this is how you need to play. Within that, there was a commonality to how everyone was playing toward how everyone was committing to defending first. And there was some toughness. There was some toughness that was exhibited. You know, Jari, I thought, battled his rear end off. Again, he only had to make the 17 saves before getting hurt, but... Uh, he was fighting to see the puck. He was fighting to make sure his lanes were clear. He was fighting to keep people out of the crease. Of course, that didn't work on Henrique. I saw Helberg do a lot of the same, but he has that reputation. He's a relentless worker, not necessarily the, the fastest or the most gifted goalie. He's relied on being 6'6 for quite a while, and sometimes being 6'6 in net is plenty. But he works. How about Evgeny Malkin flying around, just knocking people down? You know, Gino is, I'm telling you, Gino is at the stage of his career where he'll, he'll take his goals, he'll take his points, but he's looking for the two points at the end of the night for the team way more than at any point in his career as a regular season performer. I qualify that just so it doesn't sound like I'm making more of it than it is. He really wants to take the two points every night, and he's doing whatever it is that's necessary to get them. Now, Sid's been playing that way forever, but you're seeing a lot of that from Sid. And when you see it from Sid and Gino, and you're the rest of these guys, who the hell are you to not be doing the same thing? And ditto for Chris Letang. Good, good amount of fight with this team. That's, man, you want to talk about one thing that was missing. More than the scoring, more than the power play through those first nine games. It was that. It was that. You know, I'm not saying the Penguins should beat the Kings tomorrow night. And I'm definitely not predicting that they will. 
but it sure would be a nice trip for this team if they took care of the one thing that they can control in that game, and that's continuing to fight like this. When we come back, J1Q. J1Q comes from Rico, who says ZK Sid is just ridiculous. Isn't he? Can't just score an empty net goal. But he's got to go and make it impossible. Okay, let's see. I'm going to try a backhand flip toward the net this time. Nah, that was too easy. Next time, I'm going to skate full speed through center ice, stop, do a 360. Then with my back to the net, I'm going to do a blind double bank shot off the boards. I need more of a challenge. I'm not even sure what to add to this, my man. We are in this city, and I know a lot of hockey fans are tired of being described this way, but I mean this in the affectionate context we're we're so spoiled in that we will come to expect things like that we will come to expect the way mario would score empty netters where he would just see it from you know 170 feet away and just hit the middle bar like it's nothing he won't even follow it with his eyes you know what I'm saying? Like, he'll just start skating to the bench or something because he knows he's hit it. And Sid gets that puck at center ice. And for those of you who haven't seen it yet, and for those of you who understandably, certainly in the Eastern time zone, didn't stay up to watch the whole thing. Sid got the puck somewhere between the blue and red line and he had some traffic around him. He wasn't about to skate it anywhere. There were going to be ducks converging on him. And he was just like, I'm just going to go over them. And the fact that he was turned the wrong way is never going to dissuade the owner of the greatest backhand in hockey history. You know, we look at different ways to examine potential Mount Rushmore's and the greatest players who ever lived and getting into you know, points and even team achievements, Stanley Cups and so forth. But you also get into certain traits. You know, Wayne Gretzky owned the back of the net. He was the guy who was the, that was, you know, 99's office back there. That was his claim to fame, among many others. You know, Bobby Orr redefined the way hockey is played by bringing the offense up from the back in a way that nobody had ever seen. Sid He's going to be known for the backhander for a long, long time. Some of his more memorable goals came on the backhand in addition to some of the, you know, just the more challenging ones, the more difficult ones. And I'm not even getting into the one-handed backhander in Buffalo. But this was another chapter, okay? This was an another thing that you couldn't even put into the Buffalo category. It was something else entirely. This wasn't just Sid, you know, leaning into one with that straight blade of his. This was him doing something that first requires a thought process that's not normal. And second requires an execution that's just off the charts, off the charts. Do not take him for granted, not for a single shift that you watch him, my friends, you are 
I don't, I'm not going to say spoiled again. You are blessed beyond words to have had all this greatness performing in front of your eyes right here in the city of Pittsburgh for such a long time. 1984 is when it started. I appreciate the question, Rico. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Penguins. We're going to do another one of these tomorrow. 